Thank you for joining us on another season of Beyond Clean, a live podcast where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. Beyond Clean is a podcast that is broadcast out of our studios inside Gym Supply in Orlando, Florida. We're always looking for guests at Beyond Clean, so reach out to me, your host, David Thompson, at dthompson at academyofcleaning.com or call us at 888-999-6059. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get started with today's guest on Beyond Clean. Good afternoon, folks. This is another episode of Beyond Clean with H. We are in Season 5. This is our second show of this year. And if you're joining us, uh, it is live on Podbean Live this again this afternoon. We did it all year last year. We're going to continue doing the same thing this year. And uh, if you were with me in our last show, we had Sean DeVore with Mannington Mills. Uh, he's signed up for, uh, well, however many episodes we do this year, we live with him. And if you were with us last year, uh, Dr. Aaron was with us, and we got a little bit of an issue this afternoon. It's called internet compatibility with users, or is it users' compatibility with internet, Aaron? Yeah, I'm not sure which, Dave. You're, you're, um, just as an FYI, as I'm listening to you, your audio kind of breaks up, goes up, down. It's just, it's, we're just going to have to live with it today. Every once in a while, it happens. Hey, I, you know, that's the thing is, is whenever you have a live show and it's not a recorded one, this is what happens, folks. And everybody's using the internet. You know what? We started talking about this in March last year, and here we are, January of 21, and we're still talking about the same things, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they're very true. So let me, let me, let me, let, let's get a little bit of a feel from you, from your viewpoint about January, 2021. We still have COVID. We got a new president. We got a new year. What's the business? Um, I would say that the overarching, business theme for this year is going to be uh, speed, agility, flexibility with purpose. How's that? Well, well you're going to have to do a little bit more explaining <laughs> than that. I think the reader or the listeners this afternoon want to hear from you, not me. So uh, dig deep a little bit into that. Okay. Um, I think if anyone makes a claim right now to tell you what's going to happen in 2021, um, I, I don't think I'd pay their bill. Um, for that matter, by the way, if we'd have been sitting here January last year and I'd have said to you uh, that there's going to be a major pandemic, it's going to change everything and everything we know, would you have believed me? And the answer is probably not. But we got a real education in 2020 about the reality of what we like to euphemistically refer to as those black swan events. Um, and now we're in the aftermath of that, beginning to realize that uh, trying to make any prediction about what's going to happen in the next 12 months is... Um, Totally, I mean, you're guessing. That, that's the only way I can put it. There, there, forget, forget forecasting. Forget uh, any type of uh, projections, right? I mean, for years, let's face it. For years, what we always used to do is when people would say to us, "Well, 
what do you think you're going to do? What do you, what do you think your sales are going to be next year? What do, what do you think your employment's going to be next year? We would say, well, let's see, you know, we've been growing at 3% per year. So let's just assume 3% next year. Again, that's a projection, right? It's data driven. Uh, the difference between a projection and a forecast is a forecast also brings in qualitative information as well as quantitative information. That's why it's a weather forecast, by the way. They can, they can use their models all they want, but doggone it, you know, I just walked outside and it's raining and it wasn't supposed to rain. So, you know, what happened? But that's why it's a forecast. Um, but we're not, projections are useless, forecasts are useless. I mean, this is pure speculation. It's guesswork, all right? Now, it might be an educated guess, uh, but it's still guesswork. Because we're, we're not in a situation where we've got any, any data and we don't have, uh, we just don't have any models that we can use that we can apply going forward. So I, I, that's the first thing we got to come to grips with, right? And so that, I, I'll tell you what I'm, I'm doing with that though, Dave, is I looked at it, I thought, okay, this, this isn't the first time human beings have ever faced a situation like this. There's, there's other circumstances. There's other areas of human activity that are like this. What are they? And uh, the best one I could come up with, and I remember a strategy guy, so that's kind of my bias, but the best one I could come up with is, well, it's kind of like a battlefield. Um, and I'm going to quote that great philosopher here, Mike Tyson, <clears throat> uh, who once said, you know, everybody has, <laughs> yeah, right. Everyone, everyone has, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face, you know, because somebody asked him about, you know, well, when you go into a boxing, you know, when you go into a match and you, you to a fight, you know, do you have a plan for what you're going to do? And Mike Tyson said, yeah, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> and then, okay, now we're in a, you know, now we're in a fight. Uh, and in a sense, okay. So, so you're so you're saying that we got punched in the face last year. So our plans went out the window, and now we're going to back up, and we're in the ring bouncing off the the, the ropes again. Yeah, we're still uh, we're still in the fight because uh, things have not settled down. Okay, um, don't know if they ever will. As I think you and I said last year when we talked about this too, anyone, when people say, well, when will we get back to normal? And I, I still hear that language even today, every once in a while coming out of Washington or I'm in Illinois, Springfield, you know, the seat of government or something like that. And, and I, I just sort of shake my head because we're not going back to, we are not going back to January and February of 2020. That's gone overdone. Get that out of your mind. Um, we are going to land somewhere, but where we are going to land is not going to look like where we were. I mean, this is like, you know, we got on the plane in, in Chicago and now we're going to land in Orlando and it's going to be real different. We'll land eventually, but it's going to be very different than when we got on the plane. Uh, and I think we just have to come to grips with that reality. Uh, but again, human beings have dealt with this, right? And you talk to anybody who's been in a, a real battlefield combat situation, and they know that. That's, that's the reality of the world that we Yes, they've got a plan when the battle starts. But, you know, as soon as the bullets start flying, everything changes. So how do you survive? How do you succeed? How do you go forward in an environment like that? And from an organizational standpoint, you got to understand that you're going to have to build in two things which aren't always synonymous with each other, and that's speed and agility. Um, speed is um, speed is is the ability to move very fast, right? But if you think about it, the fastest way to move is in a straight line. Well, we're going to be throwing stuff at you in front of the race. 
And if you think you're going to try to get through in a straight line, you're just not going to make it. I mean, I, I think of it more if you've ever watched like um, some of these shows like American Ninja or some of these uh, uh, TV shows that they have where these competitors have to like run an obstacle course. Right. Um, imagine running an obstacle course, but we're going to throw obstacles at you while you're running. So it's not like you can stand at the beginning of the course and say, okay, I see what I've got to do here. I got to do this first and then I got to do that. And then I got to do the other thing. You know, that's, that's part of agility, but now I got to combine agility with speed. And Oh, by the way, we're going to throw stuff at you while you're running through the course. So if you think you're going to just run in a straight line and, you know, we just got past football playoffs and we're looking at the Super Bowl here and that'll be down close to your neck of the woods, right down in Tampa. Um, you know, you watch a running back or a wide receiver and they always talk about how much yardage they make after they catch the ball. Well, okay. You know, they catch the ball and then what happens? Well, all of a sudden I've got 200 pounds of prime beef standing in front of me and he's looking to damage me. So I don't think I'll do that. I think I'll go to my right or I'll go to my left. Or, uh, if you're Najee Harris at Alabama, you just vault right over the guy, you know, kind of thing, whatever it happens to be. Right. But that's speed with agility. There's a lot of organizations that are very agile, but they're slow. In other words, we can we can change direction. But to do that takes time for us to be able to make that happen. There's a lot of other organizations that operate at very high tempo, but they're not agile. They can't, they, as long as, as long as I tell, as long as you're going in a straight line, they can get there faster than anybody else. But now I'm throwing obstacles in the way. So that's why I said, you know, if you look at what they talk about from a battlefield standpoint, it's always speed with agility. Okay. Um, you got to move fast and you got to be willing to change direction because it's not going to be what you thought it was. And the real scary part, by the way, is a lot of our old models don't work anymore. So if you're trying to figure out how to take an old model and tune it up so that it's faster, you may be doing the exact wrong thing because that model simply isn't going to work. That's reality. So my internet's going in and out pretty pretty bad as I watch it. So I'm just kind of um, listening to you as most of our listeners will be. How do we now look at next year and after that? I'm planning for a year or two down the road. How do we do that now? Yeah. Um, well, let me bring in sort of the other part of my my comment though, which is you've got to have speed and agility uh, with a purpose. Okay. Um, that's now I think become a far more important element of what organizations are going to need to do is to really clarify and really understand what the purpose of the organization is, why this organization exists. Okay. Uh, and most organizations don't know that. Or if they do, it's usually something silly like a mission statement or a vision, which is what you do or how you do it. But it's not the purpose. It's not the thing that directs you. So every soldier goes out on a battlefield. They're expected. And I've had students of mine who have been in the military and they verified this for me. And they've been in combat situations, too, by the way, when they verify this. And they say, you know, before you go out, everybody knows what they call the commander's intent. That, okay, at the end, here's what it's got to look like. All right? So we, we know that at the end of the battle, here's the outcome that we want. Okay? Um, you ask people today at the end of this, what is the outcome that we want? And I'm, I, I'm scared because I'll tell you, a lot of people just don't have a clue or they're clinging to the past as well. You know, we want it, we want it to be like it was. They can't let go of that. And 
that's that's a scary thing because you know without that clear purpose and understanding you won't you won't be able to have the flexibility speed agility flexibility with a purpose right you won't be able to have the the speed the agility the flexibility to know what to do to secure the outcome in a world that's constantly going to be changing and that's um you know that's a it's frustrating for me right because when people say well you know how do we do a, a long-range strategic plan you still do you can still have a three-year or a five-year plan tell me what your intent is right what 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 do you what are you looking to be in three or five years oh we don't know we you know we're just trying to get through this year well okay then the conversation's over from from the start right and, so, that, and, and unfortunately, that's where a tremendous amount of people are, and that's why they're still grabbing hold of the way it was, because, as you said, it's not going to go back to that. And, well, quite honestly, that's what we experienced here at the Academy this last year. And I, and I, I wrote down your three things there, so I like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, – I, I, you, you have to reduce it down to just something – you know, very simple that everybody understands, but, but, you know, give me a picture of, of what this looks like at the end. We're um, going to be going through a, a strategy process uh, at our university and with a couple of other organizations that I work with. Um, you know, the first thing has been to get people to begin to understand that uh, what business are you really in? And you say, well, you know, we're, we're a college, we're a university. No, sorry, you're wrong. Okay. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, nobody is born with a need to go to a college or university. This isn't like food, air, water, clothing, and shelter. All right. So what, what's the job that people are hiring you to do? Oh, okay. Well, what they're really hiring us to do is educate them, right? So we're really in education, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Now, how does education take place? Well, some of it happens in a residential college program with dorms and classrooms and all of that other stuff. A lot of it today is happening online. Some of it happens on the job. Some of it happens in training programs like the type of thing that you provide. Why, why do we think that the only type of meaningful education has to be associated with a, a, some type of public school or, or, or university type of environment? Education happens all over the place. Now, if we expand the definition of the industry and we say we're really in the education business all of a sudden now i can have some flexibility i can have some agility because well maybe i don't have to do things the way i've always done them if that's what they're really asking me to do maybe i can deliver some of this stuff online maybe i can deliver some of this via alternative technology or training methods yeah maybe there will still be some people out there who will want me to physically get there and with them and show them how to strip a floor or, you know, how to clean a restroom. And, and that's a valuable part of the training process. No question about it. But if you open your mind up and you say, I'm really in the education space. And like in your case, I, I want to educate people about this, about these types of, of services. Well, all of a sudden now, the, the media, the methods, the way you get there, we've just, opened, we've just opened you up to a whole new set of possibilities. And one of the things, Dave, you've always been great about is you're out there cutting edge, trying to figure out a better way to deliver, a better way to get the message across. Uh, so I'm, really, I'm using you really as a, as a positive example here because I think you've done a tremendous job with that over the years uh, at the Academy. Um, but I'll tell you, there's way too many organizations that just don't have a clue what business they're really in. And, you know, they think that, that they got to do things the way they've always done them. And they're waiting for things to go back to normal. It's not going to go back to normal. I, I'll share something with you. Cause I was on a, uh, uh, podcast with a group, uh, out of the Chicago better business bureau back in November. And we had a guy on that panel who, um, his company primarily does social media marketing for restaurants. Now, you want to talk about a business that's been hurt <laughs> by COVID, right? 
Oh man, are they are they in? I mean, you talk about businesses as a whole that are hurting, right? Those poor that poor industry is just yeah. They are they are still they're still you know they're not they're not out of it, and there's a lot of other businesses, but as an industry as a whole, yeah, that restaurant business is completely yeah upside down. Yeah, but then he said something to his credit. He said something on that podcast that I thought, coming from somebody who makes his living working with restaurants, I thought when he said it, I, I kind of blinked a little bit because I thought, did he really just say that? You know, because I mean, he needs restaurants. This is, you know, these are the people who pay him type of thing. But he said in the course of that podcast, he says, you know, he said, no one needs to go out to eat. And if you think about it, that's true. It is. I mean, if, if you just take that very simple statement, there's not a single human being who lives in a home, apartment, or whatever, who needs to go out to eat. So when people say, what do you want to do? Let's go out to eat. Well, we don't need to do that. So, you know, what, what business are we really in here? Because nobody really needs what we do. And it was, it was, what was neat, though, was he, he took that insight, that, that very simple comment, and they completely reoriented their social media marketing approach to say, okay, so if it's not about going out to eat, now the problem becomes what? Well, how do we give people that type of experience in their home? So they started working with Uber Eats and DoorDash and uh, all of the, the delivery services that are out there to try to figure out a better way to give people that particular type of experience. I mean, it still fascinates me because uh, last time you and I were down in Orlando, by the way, we went to Pizzeria Uno, one of my pizza places that, from Chicago that we really enjoy. Um, but one of the things that just fascinates us is when, when we go up to Chicago and we bring a pizza back, we always ask the place to do it for us half-baked. Don't bake it all the way through. Right. Just bake it halfway. Correct. Because when we get it home, we want to put it in the oven for the last 10 or 15 minutes so that when we're eating at home, we get that right out of the oven, fresh to your plate pizza experience. There are pizza restaurants in Chicago that won't do a half-baked pizza. And I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you, you do understand that by the time the delivery guy gets there in 15 or 20 minutes and the pizza is no longer piping hot out of the oven, the customer isn't getting the experience they thought they were going to get when they bit into your pizza. Now, to me, that's a simple little speed agility type of thing, right? Who, said, right. who says we have to bake the pizza all the way through? Where is that written? And the answer is nowhere. But that's the way we've always done it. That's the way our system is set up. And so we're going to ride that system into oblivion rather than say, what is the customer really looking for and how can we figure a way to deliver that to them? And that's the challenge that you, you know, that's the challenge you got, you got to have. That's your purpose. Your purpose is to give them that experience right now, figure out how to do it because it's going to keep changing. Well, the favorite word of mine change. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not if it will, it's not when it will, is how are you going to react to it when it does? Correct. Yeah, change is inevitable, right? I mean, the, the, the old remember that old saying, right? The only constant is change. And that's absolutely true. Um, I, I think the good can news you, is we're learning that. Can right? you read because what Eric is putting on the, on the chat? Hang on. I don't know if you can. He doesn't want to come online and talk, but he, he, he put something in as we're talking. Okay. I'll tell you what, ah, Eric. Okay. Uh, is this the one with buffet restaurants? Here, tell you what. Let's see if we can connect with uh, Eric here. Okay. Well, because, I mean, I'm, I get, like, where you're, like, coming from. Eric, like, are you, you there? Know, we, we've seen, I, I, I can hear, hear you if you can hear me, bud. Yeah, I, know, I got you. I got but, you, Eric. Because I and I know an apology to the listeners listen to this published that you know for the technical difficulties, but 
but at least bear with us, of course. But because I know that you, you're making a great point about like how like the Uber Eats, Grubhub, and DoorDash, how like their businesses picked up because a lot of restaurants, including most notably the buffet restaurants, have had to like limit their dining capacity, and then and then a lot of bigger chains, as I'm sure you might have noticed, having to shut down like underperforming stores and stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but and and I know get, getting back to that that sense of normal, we know isn't going to be an overnight gig because we know it's not going to take days or weeks or even months, but th- this is, this is a recovery that's going to take years. Oh, I, I mean, and just keep in mind though, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But do keep in mind that as we recover, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to recover into entirely new models. That's the thing that's going to be different. We're not going to recover yeah. to the way it was because we've changed the way it was. We will recover to something Mm-hmm. It's going to be very different from what the old models looked like. Well, you know, it, it would probably go go to say that a lot of like old business models are outdated, and and it's just time for them to to embrace like the adapt or die mentality because they've got to adopt new business models in order to stay relevant. You know, this is, but again, we, you know, we in other in right. other protocols. No, you're absolutely right. Um, what I what I'm trying to encourage people. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. About that, we've not seen this scale, perhaps, uh, of of uh, change, as to use Dave's word there. Uh, but we've seen business models disrupted, and the most notable one that we've lived through is called the mm-hmm. internet. Yeah. So if if we'll just step back for a moment. And say, okay, real quick now, how many uh, how many travel agencies are left in the United States? Not many. Okay, that business model got decimated. Why? Because I can go online and I can book a flight on Southwest or United or Delta just as quick, just as easily right. as I used to be able to do by calling my travel agent. Because the internet has made it possible for me to be able to do that. So that disrupted yeah. a whole bunch of business models, and those industries, in a sense, don't even exist anymore. That's well, the real challenge here: is to begin to look at ourselves and say, the business. How is this business model going to be different? What can I do to actually disrupt the business model? And and the best thing we can do in a time like this, the reason I talk about agility, flexibility, is that for heaven's sakes, try something. Because the one mm-hmm. thing that is not sustainable is right now to try to hunker down in your foxhole and just wait for the shooting to stop. Because, you know, this isn't like, you know, using the old World War II analogy, you know, and I, I love military history and things like that. But I said, you know, this isn't a case of, you know, the bullets are just whizzing by like World War One, where the bullets were kind of, you know, hopefully whizzing by overhead. You know, these people are throwing artillery shells. And, and the bad news is a foxhole doesn't protect you from an artillery shell. You know, that, if that well, shell detonates by your foxhole, you're good. You're done. So now you've got to now here we go back again with speed, agility and flexibility. The worst thing you can do is try to stand pat because that is a sure way to go out of business. Well, I know like the like your traditional mom and pop travel travel agents um, are becoming fewer and fewer, like you've said, because a lot of them have, you know, it's like price line and travel losses had to take a lot of their business as well as sure. say like your your notable airlines like delta american and united southwest and even bus and train service companies um yep you know because people are going to them directly instead of through a travel agent but but you know and yeah. but and i know that even a lot of those you know like the airliners they've even had to change the way they've done business too sure sure but if you look at the agent the travel agents who have survived and there are still travel people out there, right? But when yeah. you say, how have they survived? They've become yeah. life, they, they have become destination vacation lifestyle consultants. Yeah. So you come in and you tell me what kind of experience you'd like to have. Well, you know, I'd, I'd, really, like uh-huh. to, I'd really like to climb a mountain. All right, let's put together a trip that's going to give you the experience that you want. And they yeah. can figure out how to put all of that together and I don't have to spend my time on the internet figuring out how to do this. You know, here's the outcome. Here's what yeah. I want. Sounds like what, what I was just talking about, right? Know what uh-huh. your outcome is. 
at the end of this, what's the end state? What's the outcome that you're looking to produce? Don't ever lose yeah. sight of that, but be completely ready to change how you're going to do that because it's going to shift. Yeah. Well, I know, I know like that industry is, is, is oftentimes changing, you know, and, and not, not just like airlines, but even hotels, like, like they've also had to change that the way they do business as well, you know, in oh, the, yeah. in this sense, sure. You know, and, 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 you know, people like finding the most affordable rates, like for the air airfare and the hotel stays and, and like their taxi services when they get to their destination. But think of this for just a moment, right? And uh -huh. this is just to talk about how business models are getting disrupted. Um, Uber and or Lyft, you can debate which one, are the largest taxi companies in the world. Mm -hmm. But they own no cars. Yeah, but basically like their taxi drivers <laughs> are like considered subcontract. But think but, about that. Yeah. Just think about that. They're the largest transportation taxi providers in the world. And they have no physical capital. And by the way, here's another one. Airbnb. Airbnb is going to book more rooms this weekend than any of the hotel chains. Well, they, that, that is own, true. But they own no property. So it sounds like, gentlemen, what, <laughs> it, it sounds like, gentlemen, what you're talking about is we really do have a difference in business of what we want and what we need. And if you don't know which one of those you're businesses in you may be in the wrong business i think you said that pretty well did i like that yeah that makes sense or are you have have not stu studied like those business models long enough to, to see like um like what they are doing right versus what tr traditional companies we've known for so long are doing wrong and well, and whether these traditional companies can even survive long term if, if they don't change the way they're doing business is it really a right or wrong, guys, or is it, you know, this is what I teach in my workloading and job bidding class. I can make a living off of what you need, but I make profit and move my company forward on what you want. If I go out to bid a job, I need to find out what you want. That's where I'm going to move my business forward. So as you talk about this, Yes. You know, in your flexibility, the flexibility is what do we want? Because what I need, I can get from my easy chair sitting at home. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yep. So yep. that's why your Uber Eats. That's why, uh, you're, you know, these places, this is why I can get my, which is where we were in the 1930s. So my question to you, gentlemen, 1918, the pandemic hit. The 20s was when we went completely to the other side. Yes. Is history going to repeat itself? Oh, too many unknowns. I'm not comfortable. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, politics is not what it was in the 1920s. <laughs> that that <laughs> I can agree with. Now you okay. brought politics into the conversation this afternoon. Well, I, I mean, it, it is in a sense and it isn't. All right. It, it is in a sense that obviously you've still got many of the fundamental dynamics that are at play in the world of politics are still at, in play today. Uh, but you had an overarching, I'm going to go back to, by the way, this notion of purpose. You had an overarching purpose or intent that at the end of the day, the majority of the people were working towards. Right now, you've got probably, I can, I can see very clearly, I tell people all the time, so the problem we got as a country right now is that, is that five into two won't go. And I said, what I mean by that is I see five very distinct perspectives uh, in terms of the future, the, the political future of the United States. Uh, and you're trying to fit them into two political parties. That's not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. Because you've got these very, very distinct, uh, and I'm going to call it an intent or a purpose, that people are trying to produce. And they think that the other four are completely off their rocker. So this isn't a case of, you know, well, you know, 
there's some space here for you and me to compromise, it's no, you're, you're completely, you're completely mistaken. You're completely wrong, fundamentally flawed. And, um, that's, so if you say to me, are we going to go back to that? We, we weren't like that in the 19, in the 1920s, even after, even by the way, even after the great depression hit, there was still this sense of, yeah, but you know, this is still the land of opportunity. We're still trying to build something and together we're going to get through this. And if anything, I'd argue that, that FDR leveraged that uh, to bring the company together, the country together, to try to you know, dig, or, dig them out of the, the Great Depression. Um, you don't have that same, you don't, you don't have that ability to go to the nation right now and say, here's the thing we're, we're after. So because you've got such a fragmented political landscape, for me to sit here and say in the next three to five years, what's going to happen? Oh, man, I mean, you know, I, I haven't got a clue. Will his, could history repeat itself? Absolutely. All right. Because there are some things that are just fundamental that, um, you know, sort of basic laws of human nature that you, know, you violate those at your own peril. But is it going to be the same as it was in the 1920s? No, because at the end of the day, we don't have that. We lack that common sense of purpose or intent of, the, of what we're trying to create here. Say that again, please. You we're not stick where then um, there was a very definite single yeah. purpose there yeah. isn't today and if and by the way if there wasn't and people would and again I know historians would come back and say well you know how you experience the depression etc I get that but if if that didn't unite the country all you had to have was World War II and you brought everybody together around that mm -hmm. you don't have that today Just don't. Hey, you know, you, you know the, the good thing about this afternoon is my internet's bad, so everybody uh, that's listening, you get to listen to these guys, not me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's... Carry uh, on. Now, at, at the end of the day, though, am I one of the doom and gloom people? No, I'm not a doom and gloom guy. Um, I don't like to be a pessimist either. I mean, I, I like to have an optimistic outlook that that things will get better, but, 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 but it's just going to take time. Um, there you go. And, and we know political situations, you know, change just like, like society changes, um, you know, and, um, you know, and, and we know that in, in, in the political arena, there's going to always be, be uncertainty no matter what, because we don't know what the 2022 midterms and the 2024 presidential election and then the off-year elections this year and, and in 2023 are going to look like right. until they actually come and go. Right. I mean, does anybody remember, you talk about how fast things can change, right, at the, at the social or the societal level. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but I, I am always surprised at how, as human beings, we're, at least today, we seem to have a, a, a high level of, of high loss of short-term memory. Because uh, I tell people, I said, you know, I remember four years ago, roughly, when when Donald Trump was elected president, that there were all kinds of articles being written in in major newspapers and outlets talking about, well, does this mean the end of the Democratic Party as we know? <laughs> well, they're still here four years later. Right. Yeah. But everyone everyone said, oh, no, this is the end the, the, you know, and, and by the way, go four years before that when Mitt Romney lost to Barack Obama. This is mm -hmm. the end of the Republican Party. Okay, but then Donald Trump won four years later of, over a candidate that every expert said he had no chance. And so yeah. now, they're, now they're writing articles saying, well, this is the end of the Democratic Party. So in here we're now we're four years later. Joe <laughs> Biden won the election. Joe Biden's the president. And what are all the articles saying today? Well, this is the end of the Republican Party. And I just, I, I shake my head and I just think, you know, I think I've read these articles you know, before. You know, I mean, I could go you know, back four years and I could, uh -huh. I could, I, or go back eight years and, and probably just recycle the same articles and they would, they would read the same again. 
So we just, for that matter, you don't even have to go back four years. Does anybody remember that one year ago at this point in time, Joe Biden had lost Iowa, he'd lost New Hampshire, and everybody said he was dead on arrival? That was one year ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, 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 and forget COVID. I mean, one year ago at this time, his campaign was on life support. Now he's president of the United States. And, and everyone's forgotten that. It's like, well, yeah. that was a year ago. That doesn't matter anymore. No, you learn from the past. You plan from the future. And you have mm -hmm. to recognize that the future is going to be extremely dynamic. So how do you yeah. operate in a dynamic environment? Here's how you do it. A much shorter business time schedule than we've ever before. And, you know, you, you don't want to be, gentlemen, reactionary. You do want to be proactive. And I think that's one of the words I always is uh, be proactive looking for. And that's tough these days. I'm going to say um, I'm going to change it a little bit. All right, mm -hmm. Dave, be active. Right. It's that simple. Right. Be active. Right. The worst thing you can do is is be inactive. We've already talked about that. But if I don't know what the future is going to look like, how can I be proactive? Well, I'll tell you what, if you're active and if you've got the speed, the agility and the flexibility, but you still know what that purpose is. And now I start taking action. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll adjust. Right. I'll 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 do what's necessary to get there. You know, again, I'll use the football analogy since we're coming towards the end of football season. I'll say, you know, nice thing about the beginning of the game is everybody knows what the situation is. There's 60 minutes on the clock and the score is zero, zero. And from there on in, everything's changed. Everything's different. And it changes by the minute. So the teams that are inevitably do the best are the ones that we always say what? They make the best adjustments. And yeah. there's a, a real value to improvisation, to being improvisational, to being able to, to take what you're given and work within that framework <clears throat> and create something better. out of. By the way, I always point out to people because they say, well, you know, we don't want to just improvise. Or I said, okay, you do know that the word improve and improvise have the same root, right, in the Latin? <laughs> To improvise means to improve. And that's really all we're talking about here is, you know, you're, forget about trying to reach some kind of ideal state. Because if I don't know what the environment's going to look like, how can I tell you what the ideal state is? But if I can right. improve, if I can be better tomorrow, better next week than I am this week, you know what? Eventually, when the future gets here, I should be in. I should be in a pretty good condition. I should be in a pretty good position. The worst thing is to, try to is to be inactive. Yeah, Eric, a friend of mine taught me that right there. Eric, you're so right in what you posted there. Learn from yesterday, live for today, plan for tomorrow. There you go. That's there. You go, Eric. I mean, that's that's perfect. Be because um, and, and one one thing you have to remember that um. That there, there are times in, in history, and, and, and this is probably going to be prevalent in the future, when, when people get complacent, of course, and, and breaking that cycle of complacency and apathy as well. You know, like, how, how, how do we break that? And, and people being be, be more proactive versus being reactive. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll tell you, we've got a, uh, I got a good lesson recently from our, our, the new president of our university. He's been with us less than a year. Super, super individual. Um, and uh, he's involved in this strategic planning process, but he was getting, he's, he's taking a little criticism because people were saying, he said, you know, look, I want to have this thing put to bed by May. We're not going to do this. It's not going to take us two years to come up with a strategic plan. We're going to do this in basically six months. And people are saying, oh no, you got to take all this time. You got to do, do all this because I mean, have, think about COVID, you know, we, we can't even begin to think about everything right now because of what COVID's doing to us. And his perspective, I thought, was real interesting. He said, you know, he said, we could be like every other school and we could try to hunker down now because of COVID. 
He said, and I hope that's exactly what every other school is doing, because if they're hunkering down, <laughs> if they're if they're saying, you know, let's just let's just stand pat. Let's just let's just stay where we are until this covid thing settles out while we're moving forward. He said, by the when when we come out of this thing, we'll be ahead of them. And that's the thing you got to keep in mind is if people are sitting here now saying, you know, look, the world is too uncertain. It's too chaotic. Let's just hold on. Let's just keep doing what we're doing every day and we'll see what happens. That's not going to, at the end of the day, you're going to come out of this and you're going to get beaten by somebody who you don't even, who probably you don't even think about as being your competitor right now because they're taking action. And you know what? Not all your actions are going to be right. You're going to make some mistakes. Okay. Biggest thing you got to be able to do is say, all right, that didn't work. Let's go do something else. And, and for heaven's sakes, quit it. The right. worst mistake we make is we sit there. It's called the escalation of commitment. It's like, well, shoot, I just spent $100 on that and it didn't work out. So I guess I better spend another $100 until it does. No, you just lost $100. Take your losses and move on and do something else. They call it the gambler's fallacy because they say, have you ever watched people in a, in a casino? That's why, that's why they keep playing the one-armed bandit. Well, it's got to pay off eventually. No, it doesn't. It's a any pull of the lever is a random event. It doesn't have to pay off today. But boy, I've been playing this machine for two hours. It's got to pay off. Well, well, that's how you get sucked into. That's how you get sucked into bad decisions. Well, you know, and um, making good decisions and bad decisions is um, you have to, to take responsibility for that. Yep. Yeah. Um, and you know, because key is is you know, good, that good people and bad people have one thing in common, you know, being that we all make mistakes, but the difference is, is good people will admit their mistakes and they learn from it. Yep. Yep. And by the way, um, deciding not to decide is a decision. So again, just a little, to. a little simple <laughs> technique. Okay. If you know, if you know that you're going to face some major decisions every week, which you will in this type of an environment, you know, every week I'm going to have to make one or two key decisions because something's going to be different. Someone's going to come into my office and they're going to say, what do you want to do about this? Then I always tell people, I say, then for heaven's sakes, put it on your calendar. Don't allow yourself the ability to pass it off. Sit there and, and put it on your calendar. Say, you know what? Thursday afternoon at three o'clock is my decision time. And I'm going to shut everything down from three to five. I'm going to look at the decisions that I've got to make. And when I come out of my office at 4.30 or five o'clock, we're going to have a decision. Now, it might not be the right one, in which case I'll find out next week and maybe I'll, we'll, we'll decide to do, move on and do something else. But I'm not going to sit here and keep dithering, waiting to get information when, by the way, the information flow is changing day by day. You want to know one of the things that frustrated us like mad about the COVID thing was the information kept changing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's not going to be so bad. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, it's really not going to be that bad. Whoa. Two million people are going to die. Okay. Well, maybe it's more like this. So, well, maybe it's going to be worse. Well, maybe we're going to have, you know, well, the next strain is going to be the worst one. I mean, people are just, we're, we're being torqued and masks don't work. Masks do work. These types of masks don't work, but these one, you know, we're back and forth. We're torqued in all these different directions. All right. You know, this is going to happen. So make a decision based on the best available information you have on the t at the time. Next week, when the information changes, change your decision. Don't sit there and say, well, you know, I decided to do that, so I got to stick with that no matter what. Again, in this type of environment, that type of that, that mentality makes zero sense. You know, Aaron, you, you you have some very good points. And every once in a while, I think, well, that's the, the best point. And we need to close the show. And then you make another point. <laughs> yeah. And then I go, well, no, wait a minute. Let's you know, let him keep talking. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, and I think like like even like this podcast show and, and many others that I'm a, a frequent on, I think that, you know, pe people are able to utilize this in order to to, to get, you know, valuable information that they might not be getting in traditional media, you know, because, you know, and, and people doing research also being key, you know, to making the right decisions. Yep. Yep. Thank you for that. Uh, we don't try to do the same thing here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. Uh, 
We have a podcast. We're in our fifth season. Internet called mm-hmm. this afternoon. Yeah, and we've had to adjust, right? I mean, there's reality. Uh-huh. But but at least, um, for example, me and Aaron and and you, Dave, are at least creating like good conversation. Yep. The and content that- is there, and I think that's the message we're trying to get across this afternoon, folks. As you listen to the recording, and I go in and out. Hopefully, the conversation between Aaron and our our spur of the moment guest speaker, Eric. Eric, thank you very much for being on. I appreciate you coming on. That's what a live uh, program is all about. You betcha. And we know that even after this podcast show is over, that the conversation must continue. Very true. We will have another podcast, gentlemen. Uh, we've been on for quite a little while. I appreciate the conversation. Aaron, um, we're going to be talking again, I would hope, every month for the rest of the year. Um, you, you, Dave, if you'll have me, I'm, I'm always happy to come on and share ideas. You feel free. Um, yeah, be happy to do it. We'll just have to figure out the days and times, but we'll make that happen. We always do. This is, there's that flexibility part, right? I, I knew you were going to say that. Just got to be flexible. If you're flexible, I'll be yes. flexible. Well, at the yeah, same time, I, I, I tend to be flexible. Kind of change it up. Um, Gentlemen, I'm going to have to say goodbye for today. Sounds good. Um, I'll, um, I'll see you all around on, on the other Podbean podcast. Um, look forward to your next show, Dave. Thank you, Eric. Enjoy talking with you. Me. All right. See you next time. Love you and God bless you. You too. Take care. And Dave, thank you as always. Aaron, I'm uh, running in and out. You want to close the show up for us today? (laughs) Boy, I don't know if I know how to do that. All I'm going to, I guess I'll just close it by reiterating what I, I said to people before, you know, you're, we're going to be in a, uh, chaotic situation here for some time. And if you're going to focus on anything, you're going to need speed, agility, flexibility, but all of that's got to be done with purpose. And uh, don't, don't deny yourself the time in a moment like this to really clarify and understand what your purpose really and truly is. Okay. Thank you. Folks, I don't know if you can hear me. I'm going to try to chime in and close the show out. Thanks for listening to us again. Uh, we're here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, uh, dot com. That's where you can get our website. We're glad to be sponsored by Jim Supply in Central Florida. Hopefully, you'll listen to it and get some things out of it. We want to say thank you to Eric for coming on and uh, being a guest speaker, as well as Aaron. Thanks for signing up for the rest of the year, Aaron. No problem, Dave. Happy to do it. Folks, we'll Later. see you next time on another, another podcast. Um, hopefully, it will be a little bit better, but uh, this is life today as it is. Check out what like us and share. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube. We're all the way out there. Sign up for one of the remote classes because that is the way we do classes today. Thanks for being on the podcast, gentlemen, and uh, everybody that listened to us today. Our three words, healthy, positive, and proactive. Make sure you follow those, please.